The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today we're going to be talking about social media and what can be done to investigate it. I want to introduce you to Joseph Jones. Hello, Joseph. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, and uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, you, I know you have lots, of, lots to say about this. But before we get started, I just want to let you know that for those of you that are in the Northern California area, I will be speaking at the North Bay meeting of the California Association of Licensed Investigators on Friday um, January 13th, and I'll be presenting the nuts and bolts of interviewing. And uh, if you're interested, contact Myra Mira at Myra, M-I-R-A dot P-I at AOL dot com. And we're ramping up to our week-long training for criminal defense specialists, January 23rd to the 27th, a week-long training. Information on this can be found at www.com. C-A-L-I-P-I.org for California Association of Licensed Investigators. It's so exciting. We have a retired judge who will be discussing courtroom demeanor and courtroom testimony. We have two eminent forensic scientists to discuss processing crime scenes. We will have hands-on case workup and investigation as close to the real thing as possible. We'll be working crime scenes. It's going to be fun. It'll be January 27th. 23rd to the 27th at the Hayes Mansion in San Jose, California. So, um, for those of you who are interested, if you want to contact me, I will give you even my cell phone, 510-772-5512. Call me if you have questions. So, Joseph, how did you get involved in, um, first of all, investigation to begin with? How did you start out with that? Sure. So, so I'm a um, I'm a partner in our company um, that my dad started back in 1988. Um, so, fam family business. He started it out of our nice. the kitchen of our home. Um, over the years, it's grown and grown and grown. Um, and uh, that so so I've been involved in it literally, you know, from the time I was a kid. <laughs> and how old were you when he started the company? Or were you even around? Uh, I, I I was uh, let's see, 88. I was like two or three years old. Um, okay. So very, very young. And, and grow, growing up, I, I worked at the office, you know, sweeping the parking lots, taking the trash, cleaning the toilets. Okay. Very good. That's great. Uh, we have, there's a few of, of, of you guys, you family businesses that have grown up like that around the country. It's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. 
And did you always want to do this, or, or did you rebel against it? No. So um, I so I was you know I had come I had come back. I'd served for a couple of years as a as a missionary for my church. Um, and then after I come back from that, my idea was that I was going to be a social worker. Um, so I, I started going to school for social work. Um, and then, you know, at that time, the economy was in the dumps. Um, I had I got married. We were we were starting our family, and I realized, hey, you know, I could be a social worker and struggle for the rest of my life, mm. or I could stick with the family business and be able to, you know take care of my family well, have my, you know, wife stay at home. And so that, that's kind of, you know, at the end of the day, that's what uh, convinced me to uh, stay with the family business. But I was still working um, while I was going to school. And so I, I, never, I never really got out of it. And is your dad still involved? Um, he is. So he, he pretty much uh, oversees the, the finances uh, for our mm-hmm. company. Um, I over I oversee our investigations and process serving division, and then my brother Jeremiah, um, he oversees our courts and uh, mobile photocopy division. Um, so yeah, we all we all work together. I've got a brother wow. Job who he really helps with the um, with the finances as well. Wow, that's amazing! And do you guys, do you guys get all get along? <laughs> How does that go? Yeah, yeah no, it it goes really well. You know, I get that question from people a lot. Our our I'll family bet. is very tight knit. Um, we all get along, you know, really well. Um, I we also balance each other out really well. You know, some of Jeremiah's strengths are my weaknesses, and um, you know, kind of all, all around, we just um, we we really work well together. Well, that is very interesting. That's uh, it's, that's the hard part about working with family or friends, for that matter. So All that right. works really well. Uh, so we're going to talk about social media, uh, Joseph. So um, I know you told me that you developed a social media protocol for your company. Let's talk about that a little bit. And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, so, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, you know, uh, five years ago, we didn't even touch social media. You know, now it's like this major part of our company. Um, the kind of the way that it started off is we just had a, a few clients had reached out, you know, when we're doing surveillance or whatever else, and they're saying, hey, you know, can you check out social media? You know, somebody said they might have something, so we said, sure. So we just kind of jumped on <laughs> Facebook and did some, you know, basic, basic stuff. Um, and then those requests started coming in, you know, more and more. And, it, and at that time, nobody was even thinking about authentication. So we're just, mm-hmm. you know, printing stuff off of the Internet, and, you know, no big deal. You know, we started finding really good stuff. Um, and so we decided, hey, there is something here. You know, this is, this is much bigger than, you know, just uh, something mm-hmm. that we can do, you know, as a side thing to supplement, you know, surveillance or whatever. You're um, right. I- you do mostly civil cases, correct? Uh-huh, correct. So you're you're using it in a civil process. Like what kind of what kind of a case, for example? Um so a a big part of what we're doing is insurance defense. Um okay. you know, where where we're dealing with either, you know, personal injury, you know, kind of the typical scenario where you've got somebody claiming that their, you know, their neck, their back and, you know, their legs are hurt. And, you know, they're out, you know, skydiving, going skiing, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we also, we also do um, fraud investigations for insurance companies as well. That I, I've got some interesting stories that, that we can touch on that later. Okay. And, and you're talking about, are you talking about like workers' comp kind of fraud investigations? 
Um, so, yes, workers' comp fraud, um, but also, you know, we've got, if I could jump into one quick story, sure, we've got sure. one, one going on um, that it was ba- basically uh, a restaurant, an uh, insurance company insured this, you know, so-called restaurant. Everything, all the paperwork they submitted basically makes them sound like an olive garden. Well, mm-hmm. we, you know, we found there was a major, there was a major loss. The, the entire building burned down. And so they're looking at this claim um, and some red flags start coming up. Hey, this place may not have been a restaurant. It may have been like a nightclub or a strip club, mm-hmm. which um, this particular company won't insure because there's such a high risk. Um, so right. they have us start, you know, start to look into it. And we, we definitely... They found that this place was not a restaurant. They may have had food, you know, for a couple hours a day, but they were a strip club. Um, uh-huh. And so they were operating outside of, you know, their insurance policy. And we just found a photo of not only, you know, inside, you know, on social media, inside the club, you know, not only was there a stripper on a stripper pole with dollar bills all over the ground, <laughs> she, had a, she had a flamethrower in her hands. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no gosh. kidding. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's amazing. And that was a yeah. fa- that was a Facebook picture. Uh, that one, let's see. Yes, that was on that was on Facebook. Now we do, you know, in our investigations, we we go way past Facebook and we go way past what's publicly available. Um, but yeah, yep, that one that one was uh, it was just right there. You know, uh, that that that's the kind of thing that you blow up. You know, for the jury. You know, slap that uh, right on the easel in front of the jury box. Exactly. So now, was there um, was the fire set, or what? Was it really an accident? Um, to it, it, it's been ruled as arson, um, and we uh, and we we've got we've got a lot of a lot of stuff that we're following up on um, outside of social media. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of leads lead in that regard. Um, but in in that case, you know, the social media, you know, is going to play a huge part of it, and it works right in tandem with all of the other, you know, normal investigative methods, you know, that we use. Right. Right. So you mentioned authentication, Joseph. So what did you what did you run into your first experience about trying to authenticate those photos? So, in, interest, interesting story. Um, so, um, like I said, in, in the beginning, we didn't even think about authentication, right? Which, which uh-huh. I think most people still don't. Um, most people, including attorneys, you know, they'll just think, all right, you know, hey, if, if, if I can print something out, I can show that and it can be used as evidence. Well, the first time authentication almost became a big issue um, I had, we had done a social media investigation where we had just found damaging, damaging information. You know, it was like it was going to destroy the other side's case. Um, and I had done, I had done the job um, maybe six months, a year before, totally forgot about it. And then one day I'm sitting in my office and I get a call from our client. Hey, we're in trial. She just <laughs> yeah. said she couldn't do X, Y, and Z. I need you here after lunch, which is, you know, like an hour and a half away. Right. So I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm like, all right, great. You know, you know. So I, so I, so I get all my stuff together. You know, of course, I wasn't wearing my suit, you know, to work because I wasn't expecting to go to court. So that was, you know, I had to go, you know, drive by my house, get dressed, you know, get down to court. And when I, when I get there, jury's in the hall. 
you know, opposing counsel is in there, they're hashing it out because opposing counsel does not want me on the stand at all. Right. Um, be, because, you know, because the, the information is so damaging. And so as, as I'm sitting there, you know, there, the, the other side claimed that I had hacked their, you know, her client's account to get oh, this great. information, um, which, which absolutely wasn't true. Um, I had I had totally obtained it legally. Um, however, you know they started you know some questions started coming up about you know how I got it and things like that, which I could have explained, but I had no metadata to prove where that information had come from. All I had was just the, the pictures that had been printed out. Um, at, at the end of the day, I ended up not going on the stand because opposing counsel agreed to let everything into evidence as long as I wouldn't testify um, because they didn't want me on the stand playing it up to the jury. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that starts getting the wheels moving like, hey, if they challenge this didn't come from her account or you know, if you know, the, these photos were doctored, I would have absolutely no way to defend it. Um, other, other than, you know, I could say, well, you know, I viewed it and whatever, but now we're talking, you know, this is a year down the road. Um, you know, do I really remember exactly what I did to find those photos? Um, so so that, that's what really got the, um, the wheel spinning. Hey, we've yeah. got to be able to forensically preserve this stuff um, so, it can, so it can be bulletproof. And then, you know, one of my, one of my close colleagues, he was... Um, he, he mentored me as I got started in the social media world. He really, you know, opened my eyes and filled me in on the, on the finer points of, you know, metadata and the need to forensically preserve and authenticate. Okay, so for our listeners, Joseph, you might want to go into what metadata means and, and how that plays into it. Sure. So, all right, so every, every piece of online content, whether it be a photo, a Facebook post, a, a tweet, um, a website, it's got HTML code behind it. That, that contains all the information, you know, about how that, you know, where that post or that item came from. Um, mm-hmm. so, so you extract that metadata, um, which includes something called hash values, which is like a, a digital fingerprint that basically says, you know, this item really did come from this source. Um, and, and that metadata extracting it and being able to, you know, interpret it is, is what one of the major, major parts of authentication. If, if okay, so that let's, so let's take this uh, an example. Say, take, say I upload a photograph on Facebook. Does that okay. tie directly back to me? Or to my computer? How does how does that work? Okay, perfect. So so your photo on Facebook, um, if if it's showing you doing something you're not supposed to be, and I want to use that for court, um, when you post it, Facebook knows the date and the time that you posted it, as well as what account it was posted from, as well as what the ori- original image looks like. Um, so I'm going to go in and I'm going to preserve all of that information because if if you, you know, print it out, we can, you know, you could very easily manipulate anything on the photo with Photoshop or whatever. Um, but you extracting the metadata is a way that I can see, all right, Francine's the one who posted this. This is the date and the time that she posted it. And this is definitively what the original image looked like. Okay, so um, you said Facebook knows the date and the time. How do you... How do you get to that data? 
that that's extracting the metadata out of it. Um, so that all that information is contained in the metadata. There's a, there's a couple different ways um, to extract metadata. When you're talking investigations, um, mm-hmm. really you, you've got you've got to get a you know a software to do it. There there's some other ways to do it manually, but it's so time consuming and all it gives you is a bunch of you know jumbled garbage that nobody can understand. Um, there's there, you know, there's you know special softwares that you get to extract all that information. Okay. All right. Uh, so, what kind of software is that? If I wanted to say, if I wanted to do that, we have. You're right about social media. I mean, uh, in the cases that we work out of my office, every case now involves accessing social media. It's amazing. So, if I wanted oh, yeah. to get a software, what would I, where would I go? What would I do? <laughs> you know, so so there there there's se- there's several softwares out there. Um, and a, a big piece of it comes down to personal preference. Um, we we use the, the the software that we primarily used is called X1 Social Discovery. Um, it comes with its own laundry list of problems. You know, as every you know tech thing does. Um, uh-huh. And so it, it's certainly not you know hey this is the you know this is you know, what you need to use, because um, it does have its own problems. Uh, but um, it's, it's quite robust, and it kind of stands alone in a lot of the features that it offers um, to, uh, you know, to, to not only capture the metadata, but allow you to sort through large quantities of, you know, information we can ingest. You know, I've had cases where we've had, you know, 100,000 items that we're sorting through, you know, from different uh-huh. accounts and things like that. Um, some, some other ones, um, I know there's, uh, we, we also use uh, one called Hunchly um, that, that's, really, that's really good. I, I know the developer of that, really good guy. Um, there's, you know, Preserver, um, which we don't use. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of them out there. And are they uh, just are they expensive? Or is this something that is a, a big capital outlay for businesses? Um, typically, so I think uh, I, I'm getting ready to renew our licenses for X1. I think it's something like twenty five hundred dollars a license per user. Wow. Okay. Um, so so it can it can get pretty costly. Um, Hunch, Hunchly is a lot less. Um, the uh, I think I think they're like a hundred and fifty bucks a user. Um, the uh, Hunchly, it, it 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 pretty much will only give you the hash values, which can be a little bit problematic, um, which is why we don't use it as our as our primary. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it can it can be a, a major investment. Um, I guess for and, sure. And you know, and the and the other, you know, I I would anticipate. Um, in the last couple of years, you know, just between our softwares and, you know, the specialized training and, um, and everything else, we've probably got, you know, easily $50,000 invested um, in, in social media investigations. Okay. Um, All right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, because it, it's, very, it's very involved, and we decided that we weren't going to do it as a side thing. We decided we wanted to be, you know, a premier social media investigations company and mm-hmm. offer, you know, kind of a, a service that, that really very few um, investigators or investigation agencies can, can offer. So, um, Joseph, do people hire you just to do that piece of the investigation? 
Um, yes and no. So, so certainly we have plenty of, plenty of people who all they'll have us do is the, is the social media. Um, but we, we do a ton of surveillance as well. And mm-hmm. we do social media on every surveillance assignment that we do. Um, wow. You know, it was it, because what, what had happened is, you know, we started seeing, you know, the cost for surveillance, as all investigators know, can be quite significant. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're because you're typically not looking at you know one eight hour day you're typically looking at you know seven to ten you know eight to twelve hour days um, and Correct. that that hour count you know runs up really quick um, where the social media investigations an average investigation is probably eight to twelve hours um, certainly we have them that are you know. 20, 30, 40 hours, but the average is, is going to be 8 to 12. And so what, what I started doing is anytime somebody would call in for a surveillance assignment, I'd tell them, hey, why don't you have us do social media as well? Because they're already thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this big nugget on surveillance, so the social media stuff is a drop in the bucket. And I've, I've, only, had, I've only had a few times where people have even questioned whether or not they want to do it. So what uh-huh. because they've, they've never done it, they're not familiar with social media. I, ju- I just had one actually two weeks ago where, you know, where they said, hey, we're going to give you X number of dollars budget for surveillance. And I told them, hey, you know, why don't we knock off a day of surveillance and do that towards social media because I think it's, you know, I, I think your money's going to be well spent. And he's like, well, you know, the attorney's old school. He doesn't like social media, you know, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so, I, so I told him, hey, I'll, I'll look at it myself, you know, on my own time. And if we find anything interesting, you know, I'll bring it back to you and we can decide if we want to go further. No joking. Five minutes later, I sent him a photo of his subject at <laughs> Disney when, when she's supposed to be, you know, at, at home in bed all day. Um, yeah. You know, and then he, you know, and then after that, he said, well, well, shoot, yeah, do it. And, and he said, hey, let's not take it out of the surveillance budget. We'll give you, you know, whatever you need for social media and then, and then go on with surveillance as planned. Well, and it is amazing what people post on social media. It is just, uh, just unbelievable, really, to yeah. see what people actually are doing. Uh, okay, and in fact, this morning there was just uh, there was just a big news break about these four kids that that tortured this uh, guy with special needs, and they posted it on the social media as they were doing it and were texting his parents. So talk yep. about using social media. Yeah. Yep. And then you know, and then another thing you know is we're talking about we do we do a lot of locates. You know, whether we're serving subpoenas or you know tracking down you know dirt bags for whatever. And um, social media is a huge part of that, as I'm sure you know, because, you know, know, locates are like bread and butter for a lot of investigators. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we can we can pull, you know, geotags out of stuff. We can, you know, put put all of their, you know, locations that they've been geotagged, throw it on a map. Um, Tell us what a geotag is. What is a geotag? a, a geotag is when somebody makes a social media post um, that whatever device they're using, they've enabled it to know where they're at. So it's uh, like essentially GPS coordinates. Mm-hmm. Um, so wherever they make that post, you know, it puts a pin on the post so we can see exactly where they made it from. Which is really critical for surveillance if you're doing surveillance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, yeah. It's you know it's really 
Um, it's really a, you know, a, a game changer. You know, and not every case comes up with it, you know. Um, but when, when they are, you know, including those geotags in their posts, you know, it's, it's awesome. Okay, so we've been talking kind of mostly about Facebook. Um, what about, um, I mean, you talked about authenticating Facebook. What about YouTube or some of these other social media sites? Yeah, so, um, so any, any online content you can extract metadata out of. You know, the, the service that I was talking about, X1, it's got access to the API for a lot of the major providers like uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and a couple others, where that, that means that they're able to capture um, information not, not scraped from the web, but actually from the servers for, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the ones that I named. Um, so uh-huh. that's, um, so that, that's kind of a, a unique, kind of neat function that that, that software has. Um, but, yeah, any, anything online you can extract metadata out of. Uh, okay. You know, regardless, regardless of the platform. And one of the things that makes um, what we do um, unique is that we, we go, you know, kind of way beyond just Facebook, you know, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we're, we're tapping into, you know, some r- really obscure, you know, networks that, that we're finding stuff on. You know, certainly mm-hmm. not, in, not in every case, but in, in our, you know, protocol, every case we're looking at um, over 60 social media sites, um, including the deep web. Um, and you know the deep web is is really has really got a lot of cool information in it that um, that you're not going to find even just with a standard Google search. So we hear a lot of talk about the deep web or the dark web or whatever people refer to it. How do you go about accessing that? Great, great question. So um, the deep web and the dark web are two different things. Um, so the dark web is going to be um, it, like you, you're going to have to have a special browser to get into it. Uh, the the most popular one is called Tor, the Onion Router. Um, this that's the place where the really nasty stuff goes on. Um, that's where you know there's a lot of human trafficking, a lot of um, guns and drugs and hitmen, and there, there's, a, there's a lot of nasty stuff that goes on there. Um, that, that we're not tapping into for these kinds of ta- cases. The okay. deep web is, is what we're talking about here for these kind of cases. Um, and the deep web is information that's out there um, that you know, is typically either not indexed by Google um, you know, so for example, uh, you know, some some websites um, they have blocks on them, so Google can't scrape them, right? So if you're, you know, if they've got on their website, you know, Joseph Jones is a private investigator, and you do mm-hmm. a Google search, it's not going to show up because that website has told Google, you know, I don't want you indexing my site. Um, so the the deep web it basically uses a lot of the way to access it is through a normal browser like you know Google, Bing, Yahoo. Although if you're using Bing or Yahoo, you know you you know I you're, you're probably about a decade late. Um, <laughs> okay, but um, Google but would be the you, right Google using a lot one. of you know Boolean search terms. 
um, and you know, kind of advanced uh, operators to you know to sort through and find exactly exactly what you're looking for. Um, okay, so I, I guess pro- probably. Joseph, we've got to define Boolean searches because not sure. everybody would know what that is. Sure. So, so I'll I'll just give a a, a quick example. Um, so, if you were to type into Google, um, you know, Joseph Jones, private investigator, you're going to get you know 10 million results. Um, and as you look at the top page, you know, maybe one of them links back to me, but you're just going to get a lot of garbage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was a, you're going to get a saxophone player who you know had some run-ins with a private investigator, and his name was Joseph Jones. So you're going to get all these results. Um, if you put um, Joseph Jones in quotes and private investigator in quotes and then a plus in between, that is going to just search anywhere on the Internet that the terms Joseph Jones and private investigator show up on the same page. So that's going to cut your results down. Now you're going to have maybe a 1,000. Um, and then kind of the next step is if you take that Joseph Jones private investigator, both in quotes and, and asterisks in between, that's going to search all of the Internet for just instances where Joseph Jones and private investigator show up within 15 words of each other. Um, and okay, then that's, you- really, that's really going to give you exactly what you're looking for. Um, and and you do don't you- have to search through 1,000 pages. Okay, and what do you mean asterisks in between? How does that look? Um, like, you know, so like the little, the little star or asterisk key. Right. Um, you, you just use that instead of, instead of a plus sign. Um, so, so Joseph Jones quotes, then space asterisk, space quotes, private investigator. Okay. Um, okay. and so, and, and you can use that with, you know, with any of these kind, with any terms. I mean, that really helps you find exactly what you're searching for because the you know all the search engines they're going to give you you know a million results because they want to show how awesome they are and give you anything that could potentially be relevant um so though those are that's what's called you know boolean searching you know using and there's there's tons and tons of these different you know operators they call them that you can use to narrow down to find what you're looking for Okay. 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 So, um, so we're going to go, we're going to go to a break here in a couple minutes. So when we come back, I want to talk about the process that you developed at your company for doing a social media search. You must have some kind of a checklist and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, things like that, that you do. So, um, let's go ahead and take our break now. Hang in with us. Joseph Jones will be right back. This is very interesting. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 
350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Hey there, Joseph Jones is here with us today. He's an expert on social media investigations. And uh, Joseph, so tell us how you go about setting up a protocol uh, from start to finish. You get a case, you're going you're gonna to investigate social media. Where do you start and where do you go from there? So the the first thing, and it, and it, it almost seems obvious, but it, it really isn't, especially for the law firms that we deal with. We try and get every piece of information out of our client that we can. Um, the 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 law firms that we work for probably pretty similar to what you know you and most of your listeners are used to is the attorneys will just say, hey, here's a name. I want you to do a full workup on this person. Right. Um, exactly. You know, and so we, we've, got, we've got a form that will, you know, we try to get them to fill out that asks all of the pertinent questions. You know, give me some background on the case. Give me the timelines. You know, tell me their friends and family, any information you already know. Um, so, you know, sometimes we get that, sometimes we don't. Um, but once we, once we take that in, the first thing we do is we try and generate you know, names, phone numbers, email addresses, and aliases. Um, you know, we get all, all that together. And then once we have that, we're going to start scouring social media and the deep web to find any, any content, period. Whether it's relevant or not, we don't care. We just uh-huh. want to find where information is at. And then once we've found where that information is at, we go in and we forensically preserve all of it. We, we want to grab it. We want to, we want to, in our possession, our control, immediately before somebody can go out and change it or delete it. Um, so that, that's kind of the first piece. And then once we've got everything in, then we'll start reviewing it for relevance. You know, if, if it has anything to do with the case, anything our client might be interested in. Uh, and then as we're going through that, we'll usually identify, you know, family or friends that they could potentially, you know, they could potentially have information relevant to the case, and then we'll go out and find and grab their accounts and start bringing all that in, and then we scour that for any, you know, mentions of the the subject, photos, you know, things like that. Um, a part a part of it is a manual process where we're literally scrolling through feeds and reading every comment, looking at every picture. Um, another part of it is, is more automated, um, where we, you know, just kind of key term search through, you know, a lot of the information. Um, and then once that's, you know, kind of once that's done and we, we've, you know, located 
whatever's relevant to the case. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll tag them and put them in a PDF report with the metadata to, to give to our client. Okay, so um, I'm trying to visualize this, um, Joseph. So you're when you're capturing everything, um, I'm trying to trying to visualize the process. So, so you capture, say, the photo, and you capture the metadata. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you putting, like, say, for instance, if you're working on a case involving Sally Smith, which would be really difficult to do, by the way, but if you were <laughs> in a case for Sally Smith, are you putting that all in one folder? Are you, how are you identifying? How are you managing that information? Um, so we're doing that within our databases um, for the most part. We also, you know, we have a checklist that, you know, that we work off of that it goes through kind of step-by-step. Step. Here's, you know, here's what, what you should do. Um, and then uh, so we also will make notations on that checklist. So we bring it into our database um, where we can tag it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll say one account has 5,000 posts. We can go through and just tag you know, this is interesting, this is interesting, this is interesting. Um, and then we also have notations of that on the checklist, which acts as a, um, a double-check system. So it gets okay. marked two, two places. Uh, and how do you tag it? Um, it it's just a, a function within the, within the oh, within software. Within the software? You know, you okay. just write, you just, we can create, you know, whatever tags, and we just right-click and say, you know, review this later or, you know, this is a key piece of evidence or, okay. you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so it's all digital. So if you don't have the software, you're kind of really at a major disadvantage. Right. So, so before, before we used the softwares, um, and, and again, I don't recommend this because you've got <clears throat> authentication issues, but we just do screen prints. You know, so you scroll across the thing that you like, you know, and just, you know, control <laughs> print screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throw that on a like a word document. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, and, and 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 if you're using huh, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're using Hunchly, which is a significantly less expensive um, system, it has a kind of similar tagging function. Um, but but yes, bottom line, if if somebody is interested in doing social media investigations, you're going to have to get you know some software. Um, okay. Because that, that's, you know. That's good information. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so some, I know some of your cases are huge and you have, you know, maybe multiple sites and, you know, maybe, maybe hundreds, if not thousands of images. So how mm-hmm. do, how do you manage that volume of information or is that all done through the software as well? Um, nope. So, so tip, typically what we'll do, and it depends, you know, not all cases are created equal. Um, some cases our clients will say up front, you know, hey, we only have, you know, 10 hours, you know, worth of budget we can give you for this. So mm-hmm. in, in those cases, we just, you know, we can't search as thoroughly as we normally would. Other cases, you know, they say, hey, sky's the limit. This is a huge case. Do whatever you need to. Um, so it, it, it'll kind of depend on, you know, how, how in-depth, you know, they want it. But, but our, our kind of typical process is any accounts that um, are held by the subject uh, of the investigation, we will manually look at every po- and read every post and every photo. Um, 
we'll just go through, which sometimes, you know, I had one a case earlier the, this year, you know, our guy was posting, you know, 10 to 20 things a day, and we were looking at a couple of years. Um, so that manual process probably took, I, I think it was like 20 or 30 hours. Um, okay. But, so, all right. So okay. what do you do if it's a private, um, if the person has made their access private? Mm, good, good question. Um, and and I, I, I can't dis, I can't disclose all of my trade secrets here. Um, but but I, I will tell you that just because somebody's account is private does not mean you can't access information. It is certainly much more difficult, um, and you have to be aware um, if they've got you know if they're represented by counsel. You know, one of the great things that we like to do is to use a decoy account um, to gain friend access. You know, we'll, we'll craft a decoy account so it looks you know, like somebody they'd want to be friends with, you know, they went to the same high school, you know, same whatever, um, and then send a friend request. But you can't do that if they're represented by counsel. Um, Correct. And, so, and isn't that a violation of the social media uh, rules? Um, so, so creating fake accounts um, is, in, in a lot of cases, a violation of the uh, terms of service. For mm-hmm. the you know the social media platform, but that that has absolutely no bearing on court. Um, all the absolute worst thing that can happen if you get found out is they can delete your account. Um, right, that's, you would lose your access. So, yeah, so so that that's something we don't even worry about. You know, okay. um, I've got you know we've got plenty of decoy accounts. If for whatever reason it was an issue and they deleted the account, you know, it'd be a pain. But you know that so, that. Bet- that particular thing I'm not worried about. I guess, um, I guess it, that brings up the ethics of accessing a private social media account. Um, how do you work through that? Perfect. So, the re- really good question. So, you know, again, if they're not represented by counsel, you know, uh, you know and they, they, they accept the friend request, that, that's on them. There's absolutely no issue with doing it. Um, now, accessing information that is not on their profile. Uh, so ba- basically what we're doing when we do that is we're not, we're, we're just being creative about how we find information. Um, so we're not, we're not going into anywhere that is, you know, expressly blocked. We're just finding information that's not showing up on their profile, but it's still public. You know, per- perfect example um, that we, we come across all the time is comment, and we'll keep it to Facebook because that's what most people are familiar with. There's a lot of other, mm-hmm. you know, platforms we can do this. But on Facebook, if you're, say, you, you posted, um, you posted something uh, on your Facebook profile um, that is, that is not, you know, the not public, but you had some of your other friends either reposted that or commented on it, so now it's showing up in their public profile. Mm-hmm. I would have no idea that that's there just by looking at your profile, um, but if I go through their profile, there's a good chance I'm going to be able to find it. Um, okay. Same as if, you know, you're posting on you, one of your friend's, you know, photos, um, and that's not going to show up on your profile, but it is going to show up on their profile because even though your account is set to private, their account is not. 
So once you post it on theirs, it becomes their content, not yours, if that makes sense. Okay, so essentially you're talking about third-party sources then. Yep, yep, that's that's where a a large, large majority of it is at. And you can, and okay, so that brings up another question. Can you still (laughs) authenticate it if it, if, if, Somebody reposts something that you have posted, for example. So your uh, your site is ab- private. Yeah, absolutely, because there is still metadata behind it. Um, so so now the you know the account user information is going to show you know the friend's user ID rather than um, you know yours. But in the comment section, it's also recording the user IDs for all those people who are commenting. So I can say. You know, definitively, individual one was the the person who you know who posted this. But here in the metadata, we can see that you know uh, our subject, you know, their user ID is attached to this because they commented on it. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Oh, very sense. interesting. Okay. So, so Joseph, what has been the biggest aha that you have found when you're doing? Uh, social media. Oh man, <laughs> well <laughs> we, we 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 have we have a lot of them. Um, to to date to date the one of the stripper with the flamethrower in the building that burned down. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say that's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I would definitely say, you know, uh, we, we had the one again just two weeks ago. You know, uh, our subject on the log ride at Disneyland. Um, when you know, and when she's supposed to be at home in bed, you know, and and that's the thing about these social media investigations, we get those you know high impact pieces of evidence um, on a lot of cases. Um, mm-hmm. mo- most investigators who have done surveillance know that you know those kind of moments are few and far between. You know, most surveillance, you know, we just you know we're happy when we can see them outside walking with a limp. You know, um, right. or not walking with the limp. Whereas with the the social media, it's much more prone to getting those you know those huge posts. So I, I you know we have we have these. I I think the statistic I use um, is eighty five percent of the cases that we we do work on we we have those high Im- we find those high impact you know pieces of evidence. Really. Uh huh. Really? And you know whereas. Whereas with, you know, the, the surveillance, you know, again, and not knocking surveillance, we love it, it's great, you know, you, you can find some really good stuff, but when you're looking at surveillance, you know, it's definitely not 85% of the time, um, you know. Well, and it's, and, a, it's, a, it's a certain place in time, and that's not right. how our lives work. Right, exactly. exactly. Whereas, you know, social media, people are posting those, you know, certain place and time kind of events. Um, which is kind of we we actually we have a I, we did a, a really kind of neat infographic that compares social media investigations and surveillance um, and talks about how they can work well together because um, we have lots of circumstances where we're having a hard time with surveillance and then on social media they'll post hey I'm going to be here at this date and this time mm-hmm. so so now we know exactly where to go you know to pick them up and get get the video we need. Yeah, of course, people, <laughs> we have probably have people um, listening to this show that are doing exactly those same things. <laughs> They'll be careful the right. next time. Right. 
<laughs> uh, you know, because uh, a lot of people listen to this show that aren't ne- aren't necessarily private investigators. So, um, so if you're out there and you're doing a workers' comp fraud, be aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be 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 aware while hunt you down. Yeah, for sure. So, so what tips do you have, Joseph? Uh, if I mean. Uh, like I said, we have we're running into this in my agency all the time. I know everybody is. So, what tips do you have for all of us? Because we can't, uh, we're not in a situation where we can go out and hire somebody like you to do our social media investigations. So, what can you tell us? Um, so, so, so a couple things. You know, the the first thing is figure out what you're going to do for forensic preservation. Because nothing is going to be more embarrassing than when you've got something you think is a really good piece of evidence that you give it to the attorneys, then they try and use it and it gets kicked out for, you know, improper preservation or authentication. That mm-hmm. is going to be a worst case scenario for you because then your client loses trust. Um, you know, then they're mad and, you know, it probably costs them a ton of money in their case. So you Mm -hmm. figure out what you're going to do in those regards. Um, also, you know, I, I would, I would suggest, you know, what, what, so, so I guess first my suggestion is that if you're not ready to jump, you know, knee deep into this thing, you know, doing Mm -hmm. social media investigations, work with somebody who knows how to do it. Right, you know, sub- subcontract for a little while, you know, do a little bit on your own, test the waters, see, you know, if it's something you really want to take on. That's what mm-hmm. we did for the. F- that's what we did for the first couple of years. Um, colleague of mine, you know, Ian Tausig, uh, he, oh, he I know, did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I worked with him for the first, you know, probably year or two. We would, you know, we'd do some work up on our own. Hey, here's some stuff we've already found we really like. You know, I want you to forensically preserve it. Um, and then I want you to dig deeper to see, you know, if you can find anything else. So we, we, had, we had that process going until, you know, we, we made the decision, hey, this is something we're ready to make, you know, a big investment in and we want to become expert ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I think that I think that's a good way to go about it because you know it can be um, very expensive, and more importantly, you know, to you know investigators, especially you know the guys who are you know they won't you know one man show where they've got you know just a couple guys working for them. There's huge time investments um, in training right. and figuring out the latest tips and tricks because it changes every five minutes. Um, so you've yeah. really got to stay on top of it. So, so you know, it, it doesn't work for everybody to do it in-house. Um, mm-hmm. um, but but, I, well, but I, I certainly am a, am a big believer in, you know, testing the waters. Well, let me ask you this. So what if, say you you found a bunch of information, you've documented where you found it, um, can you then get in contact with somebody that knows how to capture the metadata and have them just do that piece of it? Cer- certainly. You know, I, so we have, we, we do it, you know, we have law firms that for whatever reason they want to do their own kind of social media stuff. Um, so they'll uh-huh. reach out to us and they'll say, hey, we found XYZ. We just want you to preserve it. Okay. Um, and so we'll, we'll do that. I, there's, I, I, I doubt there's a lot of people who do that. You know, in, investigators who will do it for other investigators. 
Um, uh, but we're, we're certainly open to it. You know, our, our client base is all law firms and insurance companies. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we would certainly be open to doing, you know, something like that for investigators as well. Interesting. Um, the, uh, no, there's, a niche, there's a niche market for somebody if they're interested in getting in, involved in this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what other tips do you have? Um, you know, I, I think, I think I, you know, another, another big part of it is if you're going to be, you know, and I kind of already touched on it, if you're going to be engaging in it, you know, do it right. Um, figure out, you know, get, get yourself some training so you can, you know, be smarter than the next guy. Because, I mean, you know, seriously, anybody can jump on Facebook and, you know, look at what's publicly available. And, hey, every once in a while, um, there is right there on that public page, there's some really good stuff. Um, but a lot of time the evidence we're finding is stuff that, you know, the normal Joe wouldn't have found um, if they were just, you know, kind of jumping on and surfing around. I um, mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good agencies out there to, you know, that, that'll that'll teach, you know, a lot of those those different uh, methods and uh, um, technologies available to, you know, get beyond the, you know, the surface level stuff. So that's really what you need. Anybody can do the surface level. It's it it's the behind the scenes stuff that you want to get access to. Yep, exactly. Hmm. Okay, so um, Joseph, uh, give the name of your company and the website in case people want want to ask you questions or contact you about services. Sure. Uh, so the the company name is Bosco Legal Services. Um, the uh, web address is you know www.boscolegal.org. Um, I'm on okay. uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, it's uh, what is my, uh, <laughs> my thing? It's, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It's uh, LinkedIn.com/in/pi/joseph-jones. Okay. Um, so, so if we do uh, Joseph Jones in uh, quotes plus uh, social media investigations <laughs> in quotes, will that, will that find you? That that should that that should definitely <laughs> find me. Okay. Yeah, and and then you you may also on you know so our our website it, it talks about a lot of the different services that we offer. But if you go um, under investigations and social media investigations, we've got a lot of really good resources on there. Um, just kind of talking in general about social media investigations. Um, you know, kind of more in depth about some of the metadata. We've got some cool infographics. That talk about you know how to how to find and preserve, um, you know online content and, and things like that. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, now and how do you feel? Would 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 you be okay with people call contacting you directly if they had questions? Sure, sure. Um, okay. I'll, I'll I'll give out my my email address, which is going to be the the best way to get a hold of me. Um, okay, it's just Joe at BoscoLegal.org. Okay, that's easy um, to remember. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm certainly. All you know. Although it's not you know uh, really part of what we do on a day to day basis, I'm certainly open to you know any investigators who um, you know who need help. You know, we 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 do it from time to time. They're like, hey, I'm a surveillance guy. 
you know, I need somebody to work up social media, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do it. Um, we can, you know, help with that piece of the case. Or if you find something on your own, hey, I just want this preserved, you know, hit me up and I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll help you out with it. We'll, we'll get it preserved and, you know, make you look good for your client. That's terrific. Oh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate all the information, Joseph. This has been really valuable, I think, and uh, I think certainly helpful to uh, to my agency. And I hope it's helpful to other people out there. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So, to the rest of you folks, tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators and from people and good investigators like Joseph Jones. Um, if you are interested in advertising, contact Sondra Rogers at voiceamerica.com. And a shout out to our sponsors, me and Rosemary Messis and PI Magazine. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to PI's Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 